tuned in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So this clip comes from Chris Caviglio in a chat I had with him in episode number 333 and it's around blood flow restriction or BFR. So what blood flow restriction is, what safety aspects do we need to be concerned with before we dive into BFR and how it can be used in rehab. But just before we do dive into this episode with Chris, I want to say a big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today. So if you're collecting data, subjective data, and want to put it into a format that is usable, digestible for coaches, check out AMS Lite, which is free from Rock Daisy. Before we start, blood flow restriction training, what is it? Yeah, so blood flow restriction, or if you're looking out there, Katsu is the Japanese version. I mentioned that earlier. Ischemic occlusion, occlusion training. They're all the names that, that go uh, by it. So essentially what it is, is like wearing a blood pressure cuff or, or a strap on either the arms or the lower body, and you're partially occluding blood flow to the limb. So what you do is you usually in practical BFR, they actually just strap it up and you see a lot of them on the website, or you'll have a cuff where you're manually inflated. Um, and, and it is just a blood pressure cuff. Um, either on the upper or the lower body. So, so what you're doing is, is that by partially occluding the blood flow, you're restricting the venous return of blood from your muscles. So once again, the blood flows freely into the muscle, which is the arterial blood flow, but you're restricting it coming back out. So when this happens, because you have the restriction of blood flow, you have less oxygen. As a result, you have this creation of a hypoxic environment and you have this increase in metabolic stress. And that's probably one of the key factors here. So when we go to the gym, we normally use load, which is mechanical stress. Here, we're creating metabolic stress. And that's the key factor in all of BFR. So before anyone dives into BFR, because I'm sure there's plenty of people who just throw it on and let's get the job done. And I'm guessing that probably in the early days that, like you mentioned, I mean, it wasn't as as, as down and dirty as that, but I suppose the, the, the gym, normal gym goer or someone that's trying it out may dive into that and um, maybe need, just need some guidance. I'm just thinking, is there anything that like a checklist of uh, that people should be going through before implementing or thinking about implementing this? What, you know, the points that people need to consider before throwing it on themselves or someone else um and getting cracking yeah that's that's a really good point and i think a lot of the the issues around bfr and i think when you hear the word blood flow restriction uh it probably puts a lot of people off because you think oh we're restricting blood flow and um the the world of katsu has a lot more information that bfr does not deliver and, and i'll go a little bit into this which i think it'll make it a little bit easier um, but you know in terms of things that we want to be looking for it's around abnormal acute physiologic conditions so you know people who have acute thrombosis acute inflammation uh, unclear tumor status uh, issues with the cardiovascular system such as if you have acute myocardial infarction unstable angina uh, ventricular tachycardia arrhythmias so you can see there's you know issues with the heart which is going to have issues with blood flow and then also other contraindications is is uh, elements such as pregnancy if you have just even just more 
uh, acute things such as subjective uh, tiredness from it. So if you have, you're obviously going to be tired from, from doing BFR, but if you have large amounts of fatigue from it, you might need to consider. And also, I guess, around that mental factors and the response, because there have been a few people that have done it and they just haven't liked the restriction of the cuffs and then that excessive feeling. And I think that's where it's really important on how you introduce the BFR to the user the very first time, um, as opposed to, as you said, just put it on and away we go. And I think that's been the major problem is, is that you have some cowboys out there. We just, we just got to put it on. We're looking for a seven out of 10. We're just looking for the pump. More is better and more is not better. Uh, definitely not. So, so when it, when it, oh, go on, mate. Sorry, carry on. Yeah. So I, th I think a really good one is in the world of Katsu, they had this five point system, which, which I think is really good. So you have a, you know, your first thing you always do is just your general subject, subject and uh, lifestyle contraindications. So you go through that. Um, and then the Katsu, I just want to talk about that a little bit. Now I have done, not done a Katsu course, but I've actually read a fair bit and they have a five point system. So with the higher the number of points, the greater the risk. And so if you have five points more, you avoid Katsu. Pregnant women, as I said, they may have impairment of the coagulation system, so it's avoided in principle. So when you look at the contraindications there, if you have a history of deep vein thrombosis, any sort of thrombotic tendency, uh, that's five points. Pregnant women, four points. If we keep going down the list, we have varicose veins of the legs, although no negative reports, typically we say no, but that's three points. If you have prolonged immobility, any kind of heart failure, I have three. And you just keep going down, you have elements in two and in one. So what it does is it takes more factors together, which then you then add them up. And then if you have five points or more, then that's a conversation that you would then have with your doctor or your uh, BFR professional. And then you would then, it creates that conversation going, is this the best thing for the for the client that you've got or for the athlete that you have and then you might then say well safety says that potentially the risks of it outweighs the benefits of it um, so that's a really good way of doing it i don't think there's definitely once one way that you know there's been a consensus that that's how you have to do it so i quite like to use the five point system and, and they fit in really well with all the other current bfr articles that are out there around the safety systems. So like talking about, you know, the heart, the cardiovascular system and so forth. So being really aware of those factors is, is very important. Where has the research gone in terms of this? Cause I, I get, I get the impression that, that BFR within rehab is, is where a lot of the, the work is and where people maybe gravitate towards. Is, is that just me and what, and what, you know, where, where I've, directed my attention in the in the research and then we're moving now towards strength development and and other uh other ways we can use bfr but did it did it kind of get traction in the in the rehab space oh predominant yeah you're correct predominant yeah. predominantly everything is in the rehab space because when we look at it you're lifting loads of 20 percent of one rm um and then also when you think about that the subjects that you're getting very often do we get elite athletes or highly trained athletes to do anything. It's starting to move 
there's been one article on high load lifting. There's some some um, work in high load uh, and aerobic type or cardiovascular based activity. If we can kind of split the the strength from the conditioning, there's been a bit of work there. I think people have been a little bit afraid. I don't know if that's the right word to do peer reviewed research in that um, in, in with high loads, higher intensities. But I do know there are pockets of coaches out there in the world. And I can't remember there's one podcast where he was talking about his sprinters and, and they're actually out there and they're doing their run-throughs, tempo-based work with um, BFR cuffs. So I think they just wear straps on um, and, and doing that kind of work. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot of pockets and, and a lot of people are tending to firstly say, so, so whenever I have a discussion about the use of BFR predominantly in a rehab space because everyone thinks, you know, that they want to do high intensity. And I think one thing that I always say is that in elite athletic space, load is still king that nothing will ever replace that. But using BFR wisely, you can actually help enhance the response of your higher load or high mechanical stress type sessions. Um, but everyone wants peer reviewed research saying, where's the paper? And sometimes there is no paper out there that will say that this will work because as with everything, there's responders and there's non-responders. Um, there was a, there was an article on the use of, hopefully I'll get this right. Uh, it was, yeah, it came out in, all over Twitter. Type two um, uh, BFR increases type, type one muscle fibers and decreases type two muscle fibers in powerlifters. But when you read it, they were powerlifters. They were squatting, I think, up to five times a week which it, the athletes I work with, they're not squatting. They're not there in the gym. The, the athletes I work with are four times a week. They have two lower body sessions. They only squat once in a week. They do lots of uh, Olympic lifting and single leg work and so forth. So I don't think it's really an, ath uh, an athlete's program. And when you actually looked at the graph, the graph was really good. There was responders and they had some of them type two fibers were significantly increasing. So you need to dig a little deeper into it and not just read the abstract or read the title and just freak out. Um, and you really need to, with this type of work, it is kind of individual, I find. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pacey Performance Bite Size. So if you want to check out the full clip with Chris Caviglio, it's on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts, and it is episode number 333. Big thanks to Rock Daisy for sponsoring this episode today, and I'll chat to you soon.